Hello friends, welcome to the Supernature Cafe. I'm your host, David Mage. And I'm your host, Reverend Audra of One Soul Awakening. Thank you for taking the time to tune into our show where we discuss the reality-bending stories and experiences from our Supernature podcast. Supernature Cafe seeks to be respectful to all people, humans, beings, and creatures of the universe alike. What we discuss and our content may not be suitable for all listeners. We strive to only speak of truth as we know it. Some listeners may find the experience and stories depicted to be unsettling and disturbing, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Supernature Cafe. Well, today's cafe episode is about my ayahuasca experiences that we explored in last week's episode. So today's episode, we're kind of flipping the table a little bit where I'm generally on the receiving end of all of the questions. Um, So today's cafe, we're going to talk a little bit more and dive a little deeper into last week's episode surrounding ayahuasca and the journey of using these psychedelics, um, talking more about your experience that you had with Aya. Yeah, yeah. I am opening myself up to discussing the uh, the session that took place. It was a great episode, and we had a lot of people messaging us um, about the experience with a lot of questions, I think. Um, there's still so many people who are really curious about Aya and the process and what happens. So I want to ask you, um, before we get into sort of the more detailed questions, what drew you to the use of Aya? Well, my experiences with Aya were very limited um, prior to the actual session. I mean, we had seen the recent documentaries on it, and it wasn't until we actually found uh found somebody that we knew um, that was doing the ayahuasca. That we trusted. Yeah, that that experienced the ayahuasca and did a ceremony um, and had a phenomenal experience with it. Um, And that kind of planted the seed for me to consider actually participating in, in something like this. So had you used psychedelics previously to this? I had not. No, no. Yeah, like I had mentioned in the uh, the Supernature episode, um, my vice was alcohol. It wasn't until I had some profound transformations happen in my life that required me, one, to get rid of alcohol, but then opened me up to considering other other options. And once I started on my spiritual awakening path, the you know, pretty common, I'd say, first step in that is getting some sort of proof of a spiritual existence or of of a greater existence than what we have here and now. I think it's interesting too, just backtracking a few seconds, that you know, you talk about this numbing with alcohol because alcohol was your sort of go-to in terms of recreational things, whether it be for anxiety or for fun or for however you put it. And it's interesting because you kind of sparked in me this like spiritual awakening that did happen within ourselves. And how could you go into something that's so numbing when you've had this spiritual awakening? So it seems like it was the right kind of steps to take. 
it just sort of clicked something for me in that you have this awakening. Well, alcohol is definitely not a part of that because it's like a spiritual numbing, <laughs> spiritual slumber, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's not to... Uh, well, it's not to dismiss the use of it. And that's, yeah, not, not to, um, to ruin the use of alcohol for, uh, you know, others to enjoy. You can very easily drink and not have the struggles that I went through. But I realized that it was inhibiting my life. And once the spiritual path starts, I realized that the use of it was just making things a lot worse and a lot harder. If you can get that balance, if, pe if people are able to have that balance, great. If they're not, though, if they are finding those struggles, then um, there are, are a lot of outlets there for help. So why did you feel that you needed to go to this extreme in, you know, taking ayahuasca and, and having the ceremony kind of circle? Why do you think that you needed to go in that direction in sort of into help? What was happening in life? Uh, I think it was because it was going to be my first experience with something like this, with a hallucinogen, a, with a psychedelic. Um, and with ayahuasca, it's not a, a recreational thing. It is a full-blown, at least an entire night experience. And I think I needed that to make sure that what I was going to do in the, the, the session or what I was going to do in the ceremony was respectful and being done for the right purposes. You know, because I, 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 I hate to keep playing on the, the alcohol, but, you know, because I was, had so easily defaulted to drinking as a everyday part of my life, I didn't want to participate in something that I knew I could easily get readily available. Yeah, I is no party drug. No, and you know it takes a huge process, not only to make it, but then to have available. And so for this opportunity to meet with the shaman and sit in the circle with him and the other participants uh, was a big thing. It's not something that you have available all the time. It required me to take it seriously. It required me to focus, set my intentions ahead of time, and treat it with respect. Now, do you think there would be anything else um, in comparison to this, to this type of experience? Psilocybin, when done properly, has had very beneficial and profound impacts, not only on myself, but on a lot of studies that have been going on um, using psilocybin as a as a form of healing and therapy but i think it's so different too because you know you look at these comparisons but are they through a shaman are they through a healing journey and are these are there people there to hold space which i think is the most important part of aya is that it's a full ceremony. It's not just like I'm going to go in and explore what's going on with this or that. Yes, that happens, but it's a journey. And it's, um, it's something that is quite sacred. And it's something where you're a bit handheld through it for your own safety, um, whether that's mentally, physically, emotionally, like you're guided through this process. So. 
Yeah, that's a great point, actually. Um, and that was a really important factor with the ayahuasca was we had a trained shaman who was there with an assistant and a few other members that had experienced it before and knew what to experience that were there to hold the space. Uh, they were able to keep an eye on people, make sure that everyone was was doing good and was doing okay and that nobody that if anybody was struggling in any way, people were there to assist and to help and to help them through and then to back off when they didn't need yeah. need to be there. Uh, and absolutely, that is the most important thing for anybody trying any of any type of psychedelic or hallucinogen. Um, it, it is imperative that there is somebody there to hold the space and that there is somebody there who is completely disconnected from the experience or from participating and is solely there just to ensure the safety uh, and the, the care and comfort of the people that are in the experience. Uh, there's actually a fantastic organization called MAPS Canada that has uh, seminars and, and more information and things like that on the use of psychedelics. Uh, so I'll put the link on our page uh, to connect to that if anybody is interested in learning more about uh, about this and the uh, the scientific steps that are taking place with it or the benefits that have been seen through use of it and the proper use of it in care uh, they have some incredible resources and information and 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 stuff going on awesome Um, okay so let's dive into the experience now so I want to go back to the first session that you had because a lot of questions came in around the mantis. I think a lot of people have their own ideas of what these are. So is there something that you can share about that experience or about them that can maybe help people through that? Oh, that those praying mantis <laughs> beings. Um, yeah, similar to when your hypnosis with the dog beings and seeing a, a creature at, in a humanoid form. This was my first experience with something like that. Uh, prior to this session, my, you know, the stories I had heard, the things that I had heard about the praying mantis beings was these almost evil. Evil doctors. Yeah, like they're abducting people and experimenting on them and, and, and planting things into them and doing these horrible things and then dropping them back on earth and unemotional and disconnected from the pain and the trauma that they were causing causing these people like these were this was the narrative that I had I had going into this so when they showed up in my ayahuasca I was I was blown away first by the experience alone but then by the impression I got from from this experience and from them I guess just that they are doing so much in trying so hard and it is a really hard task that they have been given and that they mean to do no harm but unfortunately this is how it almost kind of can come off when they are dealing with stuff that is so intense and they're they're struggling but they're doing the best that they can and yeah it felt like I was in the middle of a war with this little tent of a handful of these beings and they're all tirelessly working away on the the auras of humans, mending them and fixing them from energetic hemorrhaging, it seemed like. 
they uh, they're doing all, doing the best they can with uh, with what they've got. I think as humans, we tend to put up a bit of a block when we see things or experience things that are less than human. It's not a face that we connect with because it is this insect, this praying mantis. I mean, when I look at one, I think, wow, this is beautiful. Look at this creature. But I think if it were the size of me, it might be a little scary. So I think we have these like preconceived ideas already in our head that when you see an insect, when you see an alien, it's going to be scary and doing bad things. Well, if you saw a spider that size, how would you feel? I would pass out. Right. There's too many eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, I think it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a great point. The context of it, like, you know, think of, you know, a creature that you, yeah, you do fear or that you are, that does creep you out. Yeah. And then to see it at that, that, that unto itself would, or would cause fear. There's a bit of sadness in that though, I think, because it, it brings, I don't know, it brings sadness to me to think that these creatures, because they don't look like us. You know, they're being judged. And we always like to think that we're great and everything else is really evil and horrible and doing bad things. They just have a different way about them. Um, So that's interesting to kind of put that spin of them saying, like, we're here to help. Please stop judging us. We don't understand all of the things you may understand, but we're here for good. And I suppose, like everything, there are good and bad qualities within the individual but yours kind of came through as something really good. Yes. Which is great to see. Um, Another piece within that same experience was about the rock structure. And, you know, if you can kind of expand a little bit more about not necessarily like what it looked like, but what it felt like and, and what that did for you. Absolutely. So the praying mantis scene was visually the most stunning experience that I had in that first session whereas the rock-like gigantic being was the most impactful on a different level. It created a sheer humbling feeling and connection to something much much greater. For the first time I honestly felt like a piece, a small tiny minuscule piece to something much, much bigger. Now, I, what that bigger is, to me, looked like this like stone-like figure that was the size of our sun in space, and that there were these thousands or millions, or I don't even know how many of these little sparks just floating in and out of it. And I was looking out from a distance, but I knew that I was a small piece of this greater whole. And it gave me this sense of comfort and sense of connection that I had never felt before. It was a big moment for me in getting a sense of this greater connected consciousness. So overall with your first experience, um, what do you think the most important piece was and like what stayed with you after that session? For that first session, um, it was definitely what I had asked for and seeing what there was beyond this reality that there actually is something that I experienced beyond the shadow of a doubt and experienced in this reality like those couple of brief experiences that I had with my eyes open with the shaman looking like this massive eagle hovering over top 
And then to see this dark, shadowy figure near the doorway, um, I couldn't refute those. My eyes were open. I could see the rest of the, the room. I could see, in the limited light, the other people. And, and I was seeing these things as clear as day. I couldn't refute that, and I still can't. And so I got exactly what I was asking for. I have experiential moments that defy our conventional concept of reality. And that has given me enough to move forward with the faith and belief that there is more out there. There is much, much more out there, and, and we're just scratching the surface. Absolutely. So why did you then decide... Um, you know, a fair ways after doing that to go into a second session. And a fair ways it was. I think it was about a year and a half, mm -hmm. maybe two years after that first session. And it took me that long to get to a, a point where I felt, okay, I, I can do another session now. Give me more. Yeah. Almost. Like that first session, there it was a good year after that where I spent trying to assimilate into myself everything that I experienced. I had learned so much from that first session, but I was still feeling, I was still having those bouts of anxiety. I was still having those struggles. And that really was the trigger for me to open up to another session. Then I started to build my intentions for what I would see in that session and what I was hoping to to gain from that session. And it was now focusing on myself. So how do you feel that like this session differed from your first session? Because I know every time is very different. Oh, absolutely. Um, I didn't really think that prior to the second session. Like I had talked to a couple people who had done a couple of sessions and they had explained that their experiences were significantly different. But after you do that first one, you kind of think you have a, a handle on, well, this is the experience. This is what you go through. That's awesome. Now, where can I go next? What can I do next? And Mother Aya does not play by those rules. <laughs> um, she'll give you exactly what you need. When it lines up with what you want, amazing. But if it not doesn't... Not always the case. Not always the case. <laughs> I was fortunate in that first session, what I needed and what I wanted were very aligned. In that second session, what I wanted is part of what I got and what I needed, but not in the way that I expected at all. This session, yeah, was a very brief um, visual moment of only a few minutes, but it profoundly changed me in those brief few minutes than anything else had ever in my entire life. The most significant thing was the emotional reconnection. I don't want, I, I, I definitely don't want to make it seem like I, I was, it was like breaking or it was removing anything because it was the exact opposite. It was like I had been constantly removing myself from my greater good or my higher self. And in your own life. Yeah, in my own life, right. And this session kind of awakened me. The impact it had on me emotionally was far, far more superior than I, I anticipated. And I didn't realize how emotionally disconnected I had become from myself. And this experience needed to happen for me to realize that. There, 
were a lot of things that I was doing toxically in my life uh, that I wasn't even aware of or that I was toxically holding on to inside. And yeah, like I said before, like I had built this, I had built this prison. I had built my own prison around myself thinking that this, these walls and everything that I built around me were to protect myself, but instead were simply shutting me off from everybody else around me and from everything else around me, from actually being connected, being, being a part of the life I was living. And this session, gave me that key and let me, well, gave me the key is a nice way of saying it. Really, it shattered the walls and everything around me. And in doing that, removing those reconnected me to something much, much bigger and something way more powerful. Now, I don't want to get into all the cultural or societal issues, but for me, it was really a toxic masculinity. And it pulled me from that and it gave me a divine light. A divine energy that and I use divine in a um, in that group consciousness kind of sense that it was a spiritual awakening that reconnected me to my higher self and in doing that opened me up to getting control of my life again but in, in a way that I had never I had never thought was possible I think you probably don't even know you need to like from the outside, it kind of looks like your first session was a spiritual awakening. Second session was a personal awakening. And, you know, you bring up the term toxic masculinity. And knowing you now, I wouldn't think that would be something that you were ever dealing with on the outside. I would have thought you would have been one of the least toxic masculine kind of people, um, because you wouldn't necessarily think that to know you. But then after going through all of this, you were holding on to a lot, which I think you're right in that it did shatter a lot of things that were happening within your own mind. I'm not sure what else would have been able to get through in that way. And this, I think, I don't think I'm alone in this suffering, no. um, especially this suffering in silence. And I think that is one of the most toxic um, behaviors that we can get into is bottling it up inside and letting it fester and fester and waiting until it manifests itself in some sort of ailment or some sort of disease. Um, and by that point, then now you're having to deal with a whole new bag of problems. But it definitely was a toxicity that had, was building up that I would not have been able to deal with because I didn't know how. I didn't have the emotional capacity to to look at myself and deal with myself in that way till I had to and made me face face these things in a way that I had never thought of before and did it in the most nurturing way possible with using these visuals of you and then my and our first firstborn to hit me right right like <laughs> right with in the fields <laughs> with like laser point focus was able to, in that brief moment of those couple of visuals, break me open and through those pieces, help rebuild me to an even stronger human being who's even more present and strives to be of more help than hindrance. I do think 
that it's interesting that you bring up this, um, you know, divine feeling and this nurturing feeling because, you know, when you look at different ways to heal and different ways to process, there's always, you know, a masculine energy and a feminine energy. And it's a really neat blend of the two when you're using these two plants that I think really works well in that you're given these impactful moments, but in the mother kind of tones, you know? There's the masculine drive and the power and the push and then the the feminine nurturing and guidance, I feel, mm-hmm. that yeah. is such a good blending. I think when you can combine the two and fuse them together, it creates these amazing experiences where you can grow on both sides of it. I think we mm-hmm. need each other, those two energies. Yep. For sure. That's a much bigger conversation as usual. So I want to go to um, the beginning of your session or pre-session actually. Now, before you left for this one, you asked me to think of something over the evening and we would just kind of see if it came to you during your ayah. So I did. And um, do you want to maybe touch on that and what happened with your experience? Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was really, I thought this was pretty cool. So I, yeah, asked you to think of something I don't know about it at all. Um, and I put that trust out there that I would glean something in this session that would relate to what you were asking about. And so ex- I have my experience and then I'm laying there and I'm processing and about two or three in the morning. So a couple hours after I've been kind of going through this processing, I recall that I had mentioned to you to think of something. (laughs) And so I grab my phone and text you, I know our story. It's about Earth Boy and Cosmic Girl. And I thought that was pretty, pretty spot on for what I just experienced. Me being this earthly energy, striving out into the stars, finding this cosmic energy, and then merging them to uniting together i can't remember what you texted back but pretty much yeah that that answers what i had been asking and because you had asked or you had put out there thinking, what's our origin story right what's our origin story and i remember getting that text from you in the middle of the night and i was asleep and just kind of going ha ha ha, ha. <laughs> little, like chuckle to myself and, you know, messaging you back and putting the phone down like, all right, well, let's let's talk about this in eight hours. <laughs> Not right now. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was that was pretty cool. So, I mean, I could have said anything I, I could have had in my mind snakes, robots, mm-hmm. footballs, whatever. But I chose what's our origin story. And and then as we got into the hypnosis sessions, we have learned and delved even deeper into what that origin really could be. You know, these visuals that I was seeing that I was assuming were just part of my way of showing myself these things now seem to be tying in a greater scope of things. Of all things, this blue stream of energy or this that I that I followed in my session. Well, with me seeing that blue stream that I was like, "Ooh, what's that? That's pretty. I followed it and then went, oh, my God. (laughs) It's taking me to earth. (laughs) Right. But that was you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Interesting how these things were tying together. Yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting when you look at the hypnosis side, you look at the Aya side. These stories are all interconnected 
um, as they should be. I mean, we are connected. So it's just neat to feel like you've got this like orange and every time you kind of get another slice of it or you get to like open the peel a little further and keep diving in and finding more and more and more. And it's so fascinating. With kind of that experience that you had, I remember um, for some reason it really struck me the experience you had as the possibly Egyptian male. I don't know if that's, who knows if that's what it was, but that's what we would say in this time. Do you have anything that you kind of recall about being that person and like what they were feeling and experiencing? Just an overwhelming loneliness. I remember thinking, I'm like, I have all of these all of these people around me, but I have no connection whatsoever to any of them. I don't feel connected at all. And I am completely and utterly alone and lonely. I think a lot of us can kind of relate to that feeling in our lives, whether that be how we show up on social media, how we show up in our you know physical lives day to day, in that we have a lot of people, maybe physically or electronically showing up around us, but there's this huge sense of loneliness, you know, the lack of connection that we all do feel and almost knowing like you're not alone. There is a bigger picture. So it's neat that you kind of cracked that open, that you kind of said like, I have all these people here, but I still feel lonely. For me, it just kind of clicks a few things in. Maybe with people listening, it might click a few things in too. It's just, I don't know, something that I thought was really interesting. How would you kind of say that, whether it was just this one or both, like how would you say that these experiences have changed or improved your life? Both of my ayahuasca experiences have improved my life significantly mostly in my capacity to to manage my life. The first experience, it gave me that strength and resolve to believe in something greater, something bigger. And this second session reconnected me to my greater self, to put me back on my path of, of what I'm meant to do. Now, it doesn't mean my life has been amazing and perfect and all problems and everything have now just washed away. It's quite the opposite. From those sessions, I've actually gone into some of the hardest times in my life. But because of what I gained from those sessions, from those experiences, that gave me the strength or the tools to go through my harder lessons and my bigger lessons in life successfully. It's like it allowed you the ability to deal and the ability to cope or pivot or manage, I suppose. It's like a little toolkit. Yeah. An emotional toolkit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it really, it definitely gave me the ability to step outside myself and keep perspective. And, and it became just as simple as knowing that I'm not alone knowing that there is a much bigger spiritual world that we're connected to that are there for our highest good and are there simply to project us love and light to help us through our experiences on earth because when it all boils down to it if we're here on this planet earth (laughs) i have learned that it's because we have something to learn yes mostly love (laughs) mostly love (laughs) so go with it go with that understanding. And since I have been able to go with that understanding, any trauma or, or 
or struggles that I've come up, up to in life, I ha- now have the capacity to handle them and to manage it and to, and to see myself through it. Nothing looks like it's the... End of the world? Yes. <laughs> For lack of a better horrible term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like nothing, nothing anymore seems like it's too overwhelming that I can't cope or that I can't handle it. Um, and that maybe is the greatest gift I got from these experiences. Well, and I think when we look at us as a human race and like what we're here to do on earth and it's really like love, light, serve, be of service to other people. And how can you serve yourself in your highest good and each other when you are being bogged down by your emotional junk? So I think it's cool that it kind of broke that open for you, pulled you outside of your life, looking down going, oh, okay, I get this. I can work through it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I had kind of referenced before, like I really, I felt like I had built a prison cell around me and that through my ayahuasca experience, they broke away any preconceived notions about what my life was and and. How you're supposed to be, act, do, all those things. I think a lot of us do that. I think, you know, we're all guilty of building our own prison and putting up these ideals in our own minds of who we're supposed to be. And how often has that been good? How often has that turned out to be perfect? Generally, it's not. Generally, that's the worst thing we can do for ourselves instead of expand and open and love and let things happen and allow things into our lives. I really was shifting myself from who I was supposed to be to who authentically I am. Yeah. And that shift has had profound significance on how I act and who I am in everything I do now. Yeah, it's, and it's it's cool that when you realize who you're meant to be, everything's perfect. And when you're in this cycle of trying to be who you think you are or who you think you need to be, that's when those hard lessons come in that yes it's perfect and yes you're doing all of the things but generally it's because you have some big lessons to learn so just like let things be open up allow the guidance you know what would you suggest to anyone who might be interested in doing an aya session my suggestion is to set your intention to plant the seed now that i am i am asking to experience something like this and it will show up allow <laughs> allow the universe to bring you to what you need because i think that that's the way you're going to come across something that works for wherever you are that works for your highest self meditation is a huge a huge way to get through this without using a psychedelic or a hallucinogen or something like that. You'll learn so much more and, and gain so much more out of it. Meditation, such an incredible avenue. I know personally I've had massive, massive meditation breakthroughs that I haven't been able to experience in any other form. And you know, you have everything that you need inside of you. Cool, well thank you so much for diving in deeper into these experiences with everybody today. I know I've still learned more just in this conversation over you know over coffee than i have in the past few years with you know chatting about this back and forth so i know i appreciate it and i want to thank everyone also for sending in questions about some specific areas that they were more interested in 
looking into. We appreciate your interest. We appreciate your comments and your feedback always. And as always, if you have any questions or any further, uh, further information that you're looking for from this session, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we're on Instagram. We have our supernature at galacticcycle.com email. Yeah, yeah, reach out and keep this conversation going. And keep diving deeper into your world. So thanks again for listening to today's episode. Looking forward to the next one. And very much looking forward to our next episode. It's going to be uh, slightly different, but all around one main theme aliens we got some cool narrative stories planned on alien encounters we love alien encounters looking forward to connecting with each of you next week at the same time be safe have fun love life If you would like to share your story, or have any questions about our discussions, or have any ideas that you would like us to include, email us at supernature at galacticcycle.com. And if you enjoyed this session, subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platform and stay up to date on all of our latest releases. Help us make these shows as interactive as possible, so please reach out and keep this conversation going. You can connect with us in the links in the bio and become a part of the journey. See you next time for more incredible stories. And in all that you do, may you reconnect with the earth. Thank you for listening and never stop pushing the boundaries of reality.